following on the page on the podcast um we get real good feedback on everything uh, keep that coming we like we like to be interactive so even if you think we suck don't hesitate to tell us tell us we suck and i might be able to spin that into something while you tell us we suck <laughs> trust me no matter what names you call us we've been called worse by better yes that's true that is absolutely true so the part five podcast i thought it were really good um and that's a pretty good feedback, and I think I really, really, really liked the way that went down. Hopefully, you guys liked it too. Since then, though, we've acquired our first sponsor here at the whole Damn Antelope podcast. The whole we're the whole MD, uh, fucking shit up, fucking up the first ever sponsor read. Yeah, get your checkbooks what, ready, people. Yes, I know. Yeah, send us send us more sponsors because we suck so bad at this. No, but seriously. Hercules Home Solutions, roofing and construction. Their phone number is 440-212-6118. And they do roofing and construction. <laughs> no, but seriously, they're good guys, local guys in the local to Northeast Ohio. If you ever need anything done, carpentry, decks, they build decks, they do roofs. My little brother works for them. <laughs> and he's a good guy, so anybody he works for is probably good. So, um, yeah, give them a call if you need anything done home improvement-wise. If they can't help you out with it, I'm sure they'd recommend somebody. But Hercules Home Solutions, roofing, construction, carpeting, decks are insured and bond. Terry Richards is their owner. 440-212-6118. Give them a holler, and I'm sure that they'd be able to help you with that. So today we're going to... Um, yeah, that was my first sponsor read. I don't know if that was good. But... Well, also, they do have an email address as well. They do. It's oh, see, this guy pays better attention than me. It's Hercules Home Solutions at yahoo.com. Yes. And yes. let me tell you something about Hercules Home Solutions. This is how good their roofs are, and I know firsthand. I don't have one of their roofs on my house, but I just so happened to be walking past their actual business one day when it was raining and just walking past there, the rain stopped falling on my head. Jesus Christ. That's how good the roofs are, and the equipment wasn't even near me. There you go. There you go. But Hercules Home Solutions, we want to thank you for uh, being a sponsor on the podcast. Hopefully, we again, this is the first time for our first sponsor. We will get better at this. Everything we do, we get better. We're in episode nine. We're about to do episode nine, if I'm not mistaken. So this is what, then, my sixth, then, if you're on that? I have no idea. Yeah, something like that. But the, be the best ones have had my co-host Ryan Inman with me. And, um, yeah, so we're at episode nine, and I think every one has been better than the one before. So I think that this one will be better than last week's. 
And last week's was great. I, I mean, it's it's me talking, and I listened to it three times. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but this week, we're going to review one of my personal favorite horror movies, Beyond the Mask, the Leslie Vernon story. And because I just think I just really, really, really dug just how different it was. It's so hard to do different with horror movies because everything's been done time and time again. Friday the 13th, which is our favorite, our favorite, our favorite um, film series in the genre, that was a ripoff. Everything's ripped off. <laughs> I mean, it is. You know, so with this it, it being original, it really, I, I just remember my, my my buddy Brad, my buddy Brad hit me to this. Fucking probably 15 years ago. I was going to ask you that. Um, when did you first see this film? It was, it was shortly after it was out. Cause it came mm-hmm. out in 2006. Yeah. Brad went nuts and started thinking he was Jesus shortly after that. He did a lot of drugs. It actually came out on Friday the 13th. Get the fuck out of here. There o- you go. October. There's Easter eggs yeah. for days in this movie. Yeah. We'll get to those. That's one of them. <laughs> I did not even know that. Friday the 13th of October 2006. Yeah, I think this movie desperately needs a sequel. Maybe we'll start to talk about that more as the review goes on. But <laughs> great movie. And um, again, just because of how original it was. Okay, so... Um, well, I have a confession to make. Yes. Until about 52 hours ago, I'd never seen this film. That's, a, that's totally fine. Yeah. That's totally fine. We're always looking for new shit. Everybody, you know, yeah. I got I got an even worse confession. Oh no! Is it a worse confession? Oh, is that how you say that? Worse? Way worse. Confession. Oh my god! Do not unsubscribe after you hear this. I, I honestly don't even want you. <laughs> I actually don't even want you to say it. I'm about to leave. But, but <laughs> don't. I wouldn't say. Fifty two hours ago, I had because we were debating whether we were going to do this or John Carpenter's The Thing. Fifty two hours ago, I had not seen John Carpenter's The Thing. <laughs> I just cringed for everyone. Yes, but. We're going to get to that real soon when we start to do the Wes versus John Carpenter thing. And this is really going to put me behind the eight ball, that's for sure. Because <laughs> John Carpenter's The Thing is one of the greatest movies, fuck horror movies, one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. And I can't believe it took me as long to watch it. Okay, now that review is done. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're, 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 we're going to really deep dive into that. But um, this week, what you came to hear, hopefully... <laughs> Beyond the mat, behind the mask, yes. the Leslie Vernon story, mm-hmm. and so go ahead, Dom, start her up. I will. Behind the mask, the Leslie Vernon story was directed. Sorry, don't Ooh. want to interrupt you, ah. Aaron. Oh yeah, notes, buddy. Notes, notes. He's go ahead. It. Was directed by Scott Glosserman, and it was his directorial debut. And I don't think he's done shit since then. He's done two more. Oh, has he? Okay. He did a documentary about Wikipedia in 2011. Ah. And then he directed a drama film a couple years after that. And it's been a long time since he's made anything else, which actually kind of shocked me based on, obviously, after watching this film. Yeah. Because it, it showed he did have some vision. It definitely did. And I'll expand on that as right. we go further. But I was just very shocked to see that this was not only his directorial debut, because it was pretty ambitious for a debut, mm-hmm. but he hasn't really done much since. And the only thing that's like upcoming is a tentative sequel to this film. That they've been talking about for But it's just in pre-development. Yeah. It's, not, it's just in development. There's no set script, anything. They, so. they, they talked about doing, a, I don't know if it was a prequel or sequel, it was before the mass, the le- something, and oh, it was a comic prequel. book. Okay. 
And uh, I can't find it. If any of you know if this exists, drop in my DMs. I would really, 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 really like to get these comic books. Yeah. So if they exist and you know how to get them, let me know. I wouldn't mind checking those out either after <laughs> seeing this. But I'm going to do this slightly different than I do with the Friday the 13th films. Because those films I like to talk about every little scene. I don't want to dissect this movie like that. Because right. I've only seen it twice. I did rewatch it again today. I'm As just, did I. I'm just going to give a brief synopsis of it. Like the one from IMDb directly. Okay. I'm just going to thieve it. But it is. <laughs> it's actually not stealing because it's the official press release from when the film There you released. go. Uh, the next great psycho horror slasher has given a documentary clue crew. I fucked that up too. It's all good. Exclusive. I tried to say crew and exclusive, so I said clue. It happens. It happens. We don't strive to be great here. We strive to be mediocre here. Above average. Above average. Mike Slightly Sand, above like average. Mike Sanders, right? Mike, Mike yeah. Sanders. Yeah. It's a deep cut for yeah, the sure fans. But yeah, the next great psycho horror slasher has given a documentary crew exclusive access to his life as he plans his reign of terror over the sleepy town of Glen Echo. Now, where do you think Glen Echo is? Like, What state would you guess this is in? Well, it's supposed to be in Maryland. Okay, that makes sense. But halfway through the movie, they fuck up and say it's in Oregon, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I didn't even catch that. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was filmed in Oregon. License plate said Oregon. Oh, that makes sense. But, but they, 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 they fucked up some continuity shit. But we'll get into... We'll, We'll touch on that, maybe. We'll okay. see how this rolls. And again, I want to play this a little different, and I actually just want to i want to go through all the cast, well, at least anybody worth talking about. Okay. First, before we even really get into, you know, the, the whole meat, deal. The meat and potatoes. Right. And I'm. I, this isn't necessarily an order of appearance, or like I like to do it by speaking parts in the Fridays. This is, I guess, prominence, sort of. Okay. And let's start with Leslie Vernon himself, played by Nathan Basil. Nathan Basil. He's the lead, obviously, in this film. Very charismatic. Extremely, extremely. Yeah. This was his first film role. He'd been he'd done TV work. Yeah. And you know, they say yeah. introducing. Right. And, and people people had problems with that online. Yeah. That it said introducing because he had been in bullshit TV. I don't know what he was in. But he was being introduced in his film debut. So they were correct in saying that. Yeah. He, he was extremely charismatic. And he actually... Even his look, he kind of reminded me, his look and his energy, of a, of a slightly kind of a parallel universe of Timothy Oliphant, if that makes oh, sense. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Scream 2? Yes. Scream 2, yes. Uh, Go. Uh, Todd, he played Todd Gaines, the drug dealer in the movie Go. I don't know right. if you've ever seen I, Go. I have not seen that. That's a pretty cool fucking I really movie. liked him in Scream 2. Yeah. He reminded me of him in a way. Like, he kind of looks like him a little bit. kind of sounds... In the wide, mannerisms. Wide, and, lost... Not, not lost, but, like, crazy eyes. Yeah. He's very charismatic. He's very likable, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that, because in some ways, I think that's a plus. In some ways, I think it might be slightly a minus. Okay. So, yeah, he he's our main... Actually, he's kind of a protagonist that turns into an antagonist, in a way. Okay. In a way. And then moving forward from there is Taylor Gentry, played by Angela Gothels. She's the reporter, journalist, the head of this team of, mm -hmm. you know, people following him around and, like, the documentary crew, you know, sort of. Everybody knows who she is, even if even if people don't think they do. Every single person really? listening to this has seen her on screen before. Wow. Everybody has. I was just about to say, she ain't did shit. Yes, but, she has. Okay, what is Not she Not since this, but before this, about... 
Oh, no, I know what she was in. If yes, you're going to go where yes. I'm going to go. Let's see. And if, if you don't think you've seen her before, you are what the French call les incompetentes. Les incompetentes. <laughs> That's right. She was one of the older sisters of Kevin McAllister. Yes! Macaulay Culkin. Easter egg in the movie. Yes. If you knew, the first scene she's wearing some mittens. And those mittens... Oh, like his hat. Had yeah. the exact yeah. pattern of his hat. Yeah, I did, yes. I did see that. Yeah. Did you see that or did, I did. you read that? I saw it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Bravo. Yeah, she was uh, the sister. Yes. One of the, like, because, man. Because I knew that those were the, 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 those were the pattern of Kevin, Kevin's hat. Yeah, from home. But, but I didn't know why... Until I found out that she was in the movie. So everyone has seen her before. Yes. Obviously, she's way more grown up than this. <laughs> she was just... This was like 16 years. I think Home Alone was 1990. This is 2006. Yeah, so it's 16 so years. So she was like... She's still pretty young. She was like she 13 in Home Alone and like 29 in this That sounds movie. about right. Um, one, one, our first of many, 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 many Easter eggs. Yes, there are a lot. And that's one of the few that have nothing to do with horror. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, she's the main, basically the co. Actually, I would say she's the co-lead. I think oh, her and Leslie sure. Vernon have about equal screen yes, time. They do. They're the co-leads. Then moving right ahead, the other two guys in her crew. One is Doug, played Doug, by Ben Doug, Pace. Doug. He's the sound guy, audio guy. Yes. And then we have Todd, played by Brian Spellings, or I'm sorry, Britton Spellings, who's the cameraman. Right. Who's and the way Doug, more likable one of the two. <laughs> the chubby fellow. The chubby yeah. fellow. I was just saying, the fat guy's Todd, right? Mm. Okay. Yeah, I enjoyed him. Doug just felt kind of there. I don't want to get too much into that. Yeah, we'll, but that we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Beyond that is Kelly, played by Kate Miner. And she was the... Kelly was the false final girl. She was the survivor girl. Survivor girl. We're going to use that use a term. Different word We're going to use that term in, the, in this review because they used it in the film. Okay. And it kind of got on my nerves at first. But I kind of accepted it for what it was. It's really a final girl. But they call her the survivor girl. And she was the original one, you know, from this film. Then we have Doc Halloran, played by, of course, Robert England. Robert England? How the fuck they get Robert England to be a, a pretty big character in a movie on a $35,000 budget? Oh, I didn't even see the budget for this. Thirty-five grand. they made sixty-five grand in theaters. Yeah. And Untold amounts on DVD and Blu-ray. Sure. But I'm maybe sure. that's what... I bet that's what it was. I bet he took points on the DVD. Uh, that, and I'm sure he did it for scale. So okay. I'm sure probably all the actors did it for scale. Yeah. If that was but the budget. But they made money on the, on the resale of the DVDs mm-hmm. and stuff later. Or maybe he just really dug the script. Well, he was the Ahab. The Ahab! As they called it in the film. Who is basically just this film's Dr. Loomis. Exactly. He was ripped off of Dr. Loomis. Pretty much. The idea. I was going to say and, it and nicer, but you're absolutely right. And, and another Easter egg, the name Doc, Doc Holleran. You know what that comes from, obviously, right? I do, but it just slipped my mind. Okay, Doc was Danny in The Shining. The, the director of this, his favorite movie of all time is The Shining. Okay. And Holleran for Dick Holleran okay. in The Shining. Yes. And he was definitely, from head to toe, all the clothes, he was a Dr. Loomis ripoff. Pretty much. Then we have a very interesting character named Eugene, played by Scott Wilson. Eugene! Here's the thing. That, now, um, I during Christmas, I was watching Christmas horror movies. I started to watch Black Christmas. Mm-hmm. I made it halfway through, fell asleep, never got back to it because Christmas was over by the time I was around to it. So I don't know how that shook out what happened with it. We talked about that at a podcast a couple <laughs> podcasts ago, and I'll eventually get to it. But you have seen Black Christmas. Several times, yes. Allegedly, very... he's based on Billy. Yes. Do you see? Do you see any of Billy in him? I did not. 
Okay, um, I, didn't, I didn't either from the bits and pieces I've seen of Black Christmas. The, the only thing that made sense... I think that's just a stretch. I don't think it's as bad of a stretch. I did. It wasn't obvious to me. It wasn't like apparent, but based on some of the things he said, like okay. the timeline kind right. of adds up. Cause, okay. Because obviously the guy gets away. Yeah. So, <laughs> and a lot of these slashers don't get away. So it can't be this guy or that guy. But Eugene was also... And you were probably going to go there next. He was Herschel on, um, what's that zombie movie, zombie show everybody likes? Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Fucking Walking Dead. He just passed recently. <clears throat> Scott Wilson, yeah. Scott Wilson. Yep. And he was Herschel, which I've never seen one episode of The Walking Dead, and I hear... I'm going to tell you something I haven't either. Okay. I'm not a big, I'm not a big zombie guy. <laughs> me, me neither, me neither. Light of Living Dead. And, yes. Or, and Dawn of the Dead, I like even more. I haven't seen it. Uh, oh, since really? I was a kid. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I watched a lot of these movies as a kid. Since, since recently, um, I, I reconnected with my old school horror, and I've been trying to go back through all of the classic movies I watched as a kid that I was probably too afraid to watch as a kid because I was a little girl. Or as Ricky would say, a pussy. A <laughs> pussy. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I've never seen one episode of The Walking Dead, but I hear it's a big deal. Well, he, well, the character of Eugene, he's the former slasher killer, and he's also yes. basically Leslie's mentor. Leslie's mentor. Right, and you can tell they kind of have a pretty close relationship. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I question kind of how that's possible, because he'd been locked away in a psychiatric ward for a long time, so how? And then how would he know that he was this guy <laughs> so far back to where Leslie's well, age he probably wasn't even born yet well, when this probably. guy was Leslie, Leslie might have s- s- um, sought this guy out yeah that's true because he's, he's one of the few living he was very, accessible serial killers from you know the yeah. old school movies then we have his love interest wife whatever she was I don't know who was, was a, a former victim from the way that yes. they, they were talking right her name was Jamie and she was played by Bridget Newton and I put Eugene's former survivor girl, because right. I really Absolutely. do think they implied that. Yeah, I do think so as well. I, I picked up on that. And there's only one more character I'm gonna I'm gonna reel off here, and that was Mrs. Collinwood, played by Zelda Rubenstein, who everyone knows, who was the librarian in this yes. film. First kill of the movie. Yes, and and honestly, beyond that, I don't think it's really worth mentioning any of the other characters. I really don't. That's one thing that's kind of a negative to this. Right. All the other. Minor characters or people that the Some of them, if you looked them up on IMDb, because Ricky was doing, and, and we might record Ricky's mo- Ricky's review of this when we have time later. Mm-hmm. But he was like, you know, he said, Dad, what was uh, th- those guys' names? Uh, the, the drunk guys, because he doesn't, yeah. he hasn't been around too many people that smoke weed, so he didn't realize they were smoking weed. Yeah. <laughs> but but, but when, I found, when I did look them up for him, it was Stoner Guy, and, and even more Stone, Stone guy. guy. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like. <laughs> I'm so not, yeah, I'm they not didn't care about them, we're not going to care I'm about I'm not going to mention their names. But, um, but with this... Zelda Rubenstein, though, um, obviously was from Poltergeist. Yeah, and Just terrific. was a legend, and this was her last movie. It was, yeah. And I like how she used that voice, too, uh, in this, because it's... Very her, deliberate of the Poltergeist. And her real speaking voice is nothing like that. That is. If you've ever heard that was, that was definitely yeah. That was definitely deliberate. Oh, definitely. Because that's, again, a callback and of this to, like, former horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, now that we know the cast and kind of like what they are, I, I want to so talk. Since we're not going to mention any more of the cast, uh-huh. I'm going to bring up Kane Hodder. Okay. Just real quick because he was in the movie and staying at 1428 Elm, which I thought was great. <laughs> and I heard, not going to bring that up yet because it's way later in the movie. Yeah. But yes, 
1428 Elm, you had King Hodder up, trimming the hedges and all this bullshit. They did a good job replicating the house, I thought. Yeah. As they did with um with Michael's house, the Myers house. With the door and everything. Yeah. yeah. I thought the, the address was in the same way. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was just kind of cute that they had him there. But again, $32,000 budget, man. And they get all these guys. Well, again, he didn't have, a, some he didn't have a speaking part. So he you took, know what his fee is to sign autographs? A lot, two hundred bucks. Eighteen grand. Oh, two, oh, I meant just for a person. No, no, yeah, per, oh. per, no, per person. He wasn't. He's not bad. He's like, yeah. I want to say forty bucks a person, but to book him is like eighteen grand. Ooh, that's steep. Yes, like you could. That's what my good friend Brian Emenheiser, the South Jersey slasher, informed me of. You can like <laughs> book some pretty big bands to play for less than that. Right. That would draw more money. So that's I mean, crazy. So I think if he took half his fee, that's nine grand of the thirty-two thousand dollars budget. I guarantee he made less. He, than I think that. he just maybe like again. I think they just really dug the idea and just said, "Fuck it, we'll do it." I think he did it for free because yeah, so he didn't too. speak, so he technically didn't even need to be credited, although he was in the in the closing credits credited. Yes. So I don't know how that works because you can appear uncredited if you don't speak. You don't even have to be a member of SAG to like appear as a cameo and not speak. You know, for a speaking part, you have to be a member of SAG. I was that's very proud I of the boy though. As we were watching it, he recognized the fourteen twenty eight. Knew what it was. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so I do want to talk about some scenes and some like okay. parts of this and and pick them out a little. Well, I'm not going to go through the whole. Throw the thing. ball back into your court and let okay. you keep going. I like the cold open of this. It was more like a cold open for a TV show like Breaking Bad than like for a movie. Yes. Because we saw something that we're going to see later mm-hmm. and expanded upon and how it happened. I really liked that. Yeah. And even though it was just a minute or so, I dug it. It was shot well, too. Yes. I definitely appreciated that. Uh, the opening stuff with Taylor doing her whole spiel is just basically a huge love letter to horror slasher films. It's just a love letter. And it honestly, some parts of this movie felt more like a love letter than a movie itself. And it, it it's cool, you know, Easter eggs and fan service is nice, but sometimes it gets in the way. Okay. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it's a little heavy. And I thought a couple of times in, in this film, they laid it on just a little too thick. Okay. Just a little too thick. Not terrible or anything, but just a little too thick. Now, getting to know, like, the Leslie character was really fun. Yes. He just oozes charisma, like we said. <laughs> and the subtle, like, dark humor that he has mm-hmm. is a nice touch. It shows he actually has a personality, and it shows his intelligence as well. The mm-hmm. guy is extremely intelligent. You have to be. to, uh, uh, As you've seen from his library. Like, real-life serial killers, too, are, are generally extremely intelligent yes. people. This you know, true. and in this world, in the world that this film is in is also the world that Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street and all these movies actually like happen. They're not movie yeah, stars. They're, they're actual serial killers. Yes. So he's just another serial killer. So that explains the intelligence. He's not just a zombie monster, nameless, faceless like killer guy, which honestly can be more effective. Yes. Like just okay. Jason or Michael Myers. I think they're the two most effective like slasher villains ever. And oh. They don't even that. fucking talk. They, they don't speak a word. Sure. Through fucking like 17 films. But then on the other side of the coin you have Freddy who never shuts the fuck up. And he's great too. <laughs> he's great. So. Who has more dialogue than some of the characters in his movies. You yes. Know? So and, and, and yeah. Leslie's just really fun to get to know. Now during that thing where we're getting to know him and he's showing his whole deal. 
you know, the scene where he's doing the cardio and all that's really cool. It's funny. Mm-hmm. But they actually, I don't know if you saw the deleted scenes. I watched them last night because you informed okay. me that yeah. you were going to bring one of them up and I wanted to be prepared. Yeah. So when I got my Blu-ray in the mail from Scream Factory, that's a free free shout out. Yeah, that is. For my, <laughs> but I, I got it in the mail and I, I, I went home and I threw it on last night and watched the movie again and I also watched the deleted scenes and I had a feeling this is the one you were talking about. Yeah, it's it's the scene of him running but acting like he's walking. You know what yes. I'm saying? Whenever she turns, he starts walking, and then I think they really should have left that. They should really should have. I they think really they should have because that, that, that you know that's that's one of the biggest horror movie tropes in history. It is. This guy is yeah. walking behind me, yet he's keeping up with me. How's he doing? He just switches. He sees yeah. you. You know, he sees you turning, and he just starts <laughs> starts like walking, like like power walking, like those people down in the metro parks. And then of course he falls. Yeah, because <laughs> of course because Bi- bitches always be tripping over nothing. Uh, over nothing. That's right. So I really think they should have left that scene in. I mean, it was only ninety-two minutes long. Yeah, all the, all, all the deleted scenes, and I listened to them with the director's comments. That's the well, one they shouldn't have cut. That shouldn't have been cut. No. Some of the other ones was just gaga and extra shit that was just kind of just drawn on and just going too much. Now I have to ask you this now because mm-hmm. as you know, we're getting to know him sure. and, and things are moving on. Does Taylor and her crew actually believe him, or do they think this is all bullshit? I think at first. They think it. They, they they might think it's bullshit, mm-hmm. but they were celebrating with him when he off Zelda. I'm. I was just getting to that. So you know, so so they knew that this was gonna happen when he kills the librarian. It's not too far, but later when he kills the first of the teenagers, it is. Yeah, that was kind of different. Please ex- please explain this to me. Oh, I I don't really have an explanation. I okay. just I, I have no idea. That's one of the one of the. The things that were fucked up with this movie because I would you know like she gets a serial killer to a, to agree to do a documentary with her why isn't the second call to the FBI <laughs> you know but whatever okay so we're gonna go past that so but then again you say just maybe she doesn't believe that he's really doing this but you say that but remember she says later though he seeked her out oh okay I'm, I must have missed it I'm yeah sorry. he seeked her out we don't see that, but she mentions mm-hmm. it just in a, a line towards the end okay. of the film once the second twist happens. And so, 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 so when he when he when he when he, when he kills Zelda, the librarian, it, they're all high fiving each other. Yeah, they're yeah, so yeah. excited about the the Ahab and this that, and the other thing. No, they still think this is a work. I don't think so at that point. Yeah, I mean, she's dead. Apparently, it, it, the shots were fired. And she yeah. was real. Yeah. So well, he got shot at, but he didn't get hurt. He was wearing a vest. Yes, but I mean, you know, still the like, guns, shots. You know, so, and after this is when they like the next day they go to the diner to see this girl. Oh, and, that's and, when shit really gets real. But yeah, at that point, maybe they're like, maybe she's in on it. We have to find out. Is that why they go there? Because why else would they do this if they really thought this guy was no, a killer? I, I think maybe it why did, would they cross may, him? May, could be overnight that you know. They realize, hey, this is getting deep. And yeah. Maybe I need to go touch base with this girl and kind of just see if she knows what she's getting into. And maybe they, their intentions might have been to tell her, like, hey, uh, you might want to get the fuck out of Dodge because this shit's about to go down. But the thing is, Leslie Vernon is so clever that he's going to find out. Oh, yeah. If they do this. And he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Immediately. Immediately. And that was one of the best scenes in the whole film is mm-hmm. when they come out of the diner and he confronts her. 
Let's about pretend that. we're not going to have this That's conversation. So good. It's Let's so pretend good. we already had this conversation we're about to have. That's right. What it says. It's so good. Oh, you know, and then she's like, "That's your part now. Here's mine." And he fucking yokes her. You know, <laughs> it's perfect. It's 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 so good. It's like you can just feel. The and, at the, and at that point, at that point, you would think, like, no matter what she was thinking prior, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get the fuck out of that. You think? But, but his they, charisma is so much that yeah. he he kept her pulled in. Yeah. Do you think she was becoming enamored with him? Yes, absolutely. I do. I do. Absolutely. I, I really do. Yeah, because she couldn't leave. Mm-hmm. And then her crew was so loyal to her that they weren't going to right, follow absolutely. her off. They were going to yeah, follow her yeah, off yeah, the fucking her, cliff. Right there you go, Lemmings. Yeah. Just going to do whatever the fuck she said. So, yeah, that's I, I really do. I think he drew her in, and it was just they were just way too far gone by then. Yeah. And like, even if they thought this was bullshit from the beginning, and I think they probably were just very skeptical in mm-hmm. the beginning. And then it was just too late. It's so far gone. But again, then you know at that point this dude is for real. Then he begins his night of terror towards the end. Then you back out then. I mean, and you, they have to for the plot to work the yeah. way it was written. I just think it, But it honestly know, doesn't make sense to me. No, no. I mean, I just think when that happens, she's just like, you know, she, she, had, a, she had, had battles within herself. Whether or well, not I'm going to stop this, I'm going to stop this. But then, you know, like, once she got there and just shit was real, everyone was going to die, and she just knew it. And she, and that's when... But, again, Leslie obviously knew she was going to do that, too. <laughs> well, he knew everything, apparently. So, Cause it's, yeah, he planned on her doing that. Because in that diner scene we were just speaking about, that's where the first of the two major twists in this film happened. Mm-hmm. We find out he's not Leslie Burnham. No, Leslie Mancuso. Yeah, and he's an escaped mental patient, which is also a trope. You know, right. It's a horror trope. It's a it's crazy guy on the loose, but he's not just a crazy guy, though. He's, again, a very intelligent, well-read dude. Mm-hmm. But how has he been on the run this long? And but the Dr. Loomis guy insane. knows where yes. he is, and he's not locked back up. Like Again, it's a major plot hole to me. Like okay. When we find this out, and after that, like pretty much that diner scene right there, and the, I like the scene after that outside, like I said, by yes. the van. It's such a huge plot hole to me that they go along with the librarian killing and then and then change their minds like shortly after. So based on that, I'm going to tell you this: the first two acts of this film are very good. Okay. Very very good. The third act of this film is just okay to me. It's just okay. It's it's okay, but it, it kind of had to happen the way it did. It did, but like, it's it's more to it's it's, there's more to the, than the plot hole to this yeah. too. You know, right. and I actually before I give a full review. And like give my grade. Okay. I actually want to do my five things I liked and didn't like first this time. There we go. Let's I do go. want to do that. Do you want me to do my dislikes or my likes? I actually want to do my likes first. Oh, there you go. I Let's do that. I always do it. Now. Let's yeah. stick with it. Uh, top five things I liked about this film. Number five is the post hole digger kill. God, was that cool? <laughs> loved, loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Yes. Never seen anything like that before. And I I grew up in the south, as you know. Yes. And I've used post hole diggers yes. to like set up fences and things like that, right. you know. And yeah, man, that oof could imagine just <clears throat> getting one of those put through your chest and because yeah, it grabs that, a clump that of was, dirt. That was definitely cool. That was pretty badass. The fourth, my fourth favorite thing I liked about this film was the character Eugene. Yeah, Eugene was pretty cool. I thought he was very interesting. 
to me, when I first watched it, he kind of reminded me of what, what Michael Myers would be if he got old. But yeah. we've seen in the later movies that that's not what he would have been. But no. Kind of just seemed like that. See, if Michael Myers would, was able to speak and, com- and converse with people, that that might be kind of what a retired Michael Myers would be like. See, now, let me reiterate on that and expand upon that the character of Eugene not necessarily Scott Wilson as Eugene just the character of Eugene is my fourth favorite thing my number three favorite thing about this film was the second twist I didn't care for the first twist but the second twist that Taylor was the real survivor final girl I loved it did you you spot it a mile away? I didn't spot it a mile away but I spotted it right pretty much as the third act began Okay, you know which was kind of a problem but once it was confirmed, I actually did like that. And I like that the original Survivor Girl is the one that figured it out. Yeah. I did like that. Yeah. And, and um, I, I, I've seen this movie so many times for a long time. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, honestly, if I did spot it. But Ricky did. Mm-hmm. Ricky, Ricky, Ricky knew that she was yeah. a real fan of her right away. My number two favorite thing about this film is Leslie Vernon slash Nathan Basil in the first two acts. Yes. He's just great. Not even just the character, not just the both, both things. He was fantastic in the first two acts. I, I just loved him. Loved his performance. Loved the character. Really liked the direction. You know, the just the plot, just the idea of this film mm-hmm. is very interesting to me. And he gives the second best performance in this movie because my number one favorite thing about this movie is Angela Gothels. There you go. She was phenomenal. She was great. I had zero expectations of her in this movie, and I think that really and helped. She, I think she did both of her parts really well too. Yeah. Like in the in the beginning, as a journalist, and you know, not not not, not an actual journalist, like in the sense of like a Barbara Walters, but is it mm-hmm. somebody who's trying to be Bar- Barbara Walters? Somebody who's trying to break this big story that's going to make her in journalism. Is this what she always wanted to do? And then, then when she has to have her her um, interaction with Leslie mm-hmm. later, when Leslie is going, you know, doing this thing, you know, she becomes a great final girl. She does, and you know, everything that he dreamed of. <laughs> Pretty much, I, I just, and I think she was great. It was almost like two different characters. But I, there was something in her that just snapped, and like I got to do this now, and. She did. And again, like, I was just so blown away because I had zero expectations. I just remember her as Kevin McAllister's older that, sister that's so funny from Home Alone. That. Yeah. Oh, I know. As soon as I saw that name, it rung a bell and I clicked it. And I'm like, it's Linny. That was her name. Linny. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't even know her yeah, name. Yeah, Linny McAllister. That yeah. was her. You know, you're what the French call Les Incompetents. That's her. Oh, that's where you got that. Yeah. <laughs> Earlier in the that's, podcast. Yeah, that was her quote in Home Alone. Yeah, yeah. So she was my absolute favorite thing about this film, and it's a shame that she pretty much... uh, And I was just like, why didn't she act again after this, really? And I mean, she had little parts here and there and stuff, but it seems like, based on, you know, the timeline and everything that I read, I think she got married and started a family. Okay. And that's why, and that's fine, you know, but I think she could have actually been a pretty fucking good actress, man. Yeah, no, she was good. She was great. I really liked her. She was great. And, like, the very first time I watched this film, the very first, like, minute, it felt kind of contrived. Like, her doing the whole news reporter thing. But I'm like, that's what she's going for, though. Right. It's not contrived at all, because the people that do those news are, they're contrived. Mm -hmm. Because they naturally are. Right. So I'm like, and then she, and then they cut it, and she goes right to her regular personality. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, wow, this, this, this young lady is uh, really fucking good. And it's hard to top Basil's performance as Leslie Vernon in this film, but I, I think she did. And I thought their charisma, their interaction together, their chemistry was great too. Mm-hmm. 
and it actually not so much they were falling in love but they were becoming enamored with one another oh without a doubt yes because you got to think this this whole thing takes place over maybe like a month I want to say if yeah, you know, yeah a few weeks few yeah weeks. so that's the good things there's my bottom five things I didn't like about this okay. film let's see number five is that Robert England really didn't have much to do you say it's this major character. I disagree. I, I he showed up in three scenes and he just didn't do much. He shot a, a bullet and said two lines in the diner and then showed up at the end and got cut. Like, yeah, that was it. In my in my opinion, though, he was still the third uh, the third biggest character in there. Well, I know maybe no. fourth because Eugene. Eugene I don't even, Eugene, even Eugene's, Eugene's wife had yes, way Eugene's more lines wife. than him. Doug and uh, what's his name? Todd had more lines. They had more him. lines. They yeah. weren't as impactful. Todd was. He, so, he sacrificed himself at the end. Yeah, way more impactful. I thought he, I thought he was good. Um, I, I didn't say he wasn't good. I just say like the, it's it's like they had him and they didn't they they could have done so much more with him is what I'm saying. Possibly because it's Robert fucking England and you got him to do this a <laughs> horror movie that's not a Nightmare on Elm Street film right. and he's actually a protagonist. Use him. Every everybody on, when I was watching the behind the scenes, every of course everybody fucking loved working with them. Of course they did. But they were saying like he really went out of his way to show them like, hey, you know, you probably should do this this way, or or this should you know this is how this works, and he really went out of his way to help everybody, which is really cool to hear about somebody that successful mm-hmm. doing a movie this small and caring that much about the other people in it. The number four thing I didn't like about this is the first plot twist that Leslie was made up not actually him I, I didn't like that yeah I, I thought it was kind of yeah it was kind of unnecessary because I, I think they could have still done the second twist without doing the first absolutely yeah. I don't think you had to have one to have the no other. no I absolutely don't. not no that felt a little forced okay and then they just have this one scene after that where that's discussed and then it's completely dropped it just felt forced to me I didn't like it the number three thing that I didn't like about this movie is the look of Leslie Vernon as a killer. I don't like that. You didn't much. like it. I don't. Oh, I was just about to ask you that earlier, Brad. That was too early to ask you. Nope, okay. Don't like it. I, I dug it. Nah, I dug it. Not I love for me. The, the, and uh, him being the trooper he was, did that whole movie barefoot? That the, the, those scenes barefoot mm-hmm. because he thought that he thought that the character needed to be barefoot. I guess it was freezing cold, and of course, running around a farm barefoot is not fun for your fucking feet. So some dedication there on his part. <laughs> I wouldn't have did that shit. I'd be like, all right, combat boots is what this character needs. So you think he felt he needed to be barefoot so he could be quieter when he's sneaking up on people? Just more natural in the farm because his mm-hmm. character was, you know, shipped in the fields and forced to work and all this and didn't have shoes because they didn't give a fuck about him, his parents and things like that, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, I, 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 I dug the look. I, I, I'm actually trying to buy one of his masks right now. Yeah, no. <laughs> Not for me. Didn't like it at all. The number the, the, the simple the simple signature the yeah. signature weapon with the the sand sight. That that was fine. The the scythe didn't bother me any. Yeah. You know we, you go we, scythe that scythe it's scythe whatever it is I, I don't know potato potato right yeah potato, the, the thing that Maddie got killed with in part seven there when she go. let out that awesome scream awesome back scream. to that again Diana Barrows <laughs> you are one of the best screamers ever if you're yes. listening next to Shabar Ross yeah. <laughs> Totally different kind of thing. The number two thing I did not like about this film is, are the kills, other than the postal digger kill. The rest, yeah, of them, they were most of them were off screen. Yeah, or just I mean, how many were on screen? That the librarian was technically on screen, but you didn't really see what anything. happened to her. Um, 
You you had, you had the post hole digger. Uh, the kill right before that, he just gets one hitter quitter with that scythe or scythe or everything. Yeah. That. There's that, and then when he just snatches and throws the dude, and he's kind of like hung on the noose off the hayloft. Oh, and I, I think it, I think that was an homage to part three when they hung up Jason in almost the same short sort of background yeah. and everything. In part three, Although, in the loft. And they hadn't paid homage enough to Friday the 13th in this movie yet until the end. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I didn't, okay, yeah, didn't no, really yeah, care for the I kills. Had the, I had a similar a similar deal. Um, yeah. They could have... The, the kills could have been more pronounced, more more there. Well, and that leaves Because if the kills were better, it would have led more to it being a horror movie than a comedy. I guess so. You know, because it was a comedy horror, but I think the line... Would have been more towards horror if the kills were better. Well, it was a dark comedy, the first two acts. The third act yeah. is absolutely a slasher film, though. Yes. Um, and we'll get to and that. We I'm gonna, see, I I'm think we need to see more blood. Yeah, we did. And the number one thing that I did not did like I? about this movie, and it sucks because it ties into my favorite thing about this movie, which is Angela Gothel's, but I don't blame her for this at all. It's the script. It's just you and me now, Leslie. I fucking hated that line. I hated that line. It was so cringe. It was so cringe. It was so bad. It was so forced. But again, I don't blame her. She's just reading the script. Right, right, but right. other than that, two seconds of saying that, she was phenomenal. But that line is so awful. It's cheesy. It's like... like uh, and I remember... Quick, I know, I'm trying to think of one too. No, 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 I do. I, I remember, and they they didn't put it in a final film, and I think they they realized how bad it was, but it was in a trailer for Freddy versus Jason. Okay, and I remember Quentin Tarantino said he went to go see this movie based on this line because it was so cheesy. <laughs> when Monica Kina steps up and goes, "Now it's Freddy versus Jason. Place your bets." It's oh. so bad. Yeah, that, it's so bad. bad. They bad. took it out of the final <laughs> film, but it's in the trailer. It's in the trailer. Yeah. And Quentin Tarantino saw Monica Kina. I saw her do an interview after and said Quentin Tarantino went up to her after the premiere and was like, what happened to the line? It's like, I came here to see this movie <laughs> based on that fucking line you said and it wasn't even in there. I want my money back. That's crazy. <laughs> but no, the line... That sounds like something Tarantino It would, it would, it would. Because he's, he's yeah. fucking Tarantino. <laughs> but yeah, it's just you and me now, Leslie. It's so bad. I hated okay. that, I hated that line. Even the part right after she's like, come get some or whatever, that's cheesy too, but not as bad. Because yeah. she's like, it's just you and me now. It's, oh, so bad. I did like their chase slash fight. I mean, I thought I thought it was yeah, classic slash. The final, the final girl, yeah. five survivor girl, mm-hmm. and uh, killer slasher chase was cool. I wonder why they went with survival girl as opposed to final girl. I don't know. Maybe they thought it was cliche because everybody says final The whole movie's cliche. That is true too, so that makes no sense. <laughs> so, but anyway, I guess it's time to uh, grade this thing. Okay. And that's the thing too. Rick had no idea what my opinion of this whole thing was until we didn't you hit record. Yeah, until you hit record, you didn't know. I'm going to tell you right now: the first two acts of this film are absolutely an A. Okay. Absolutely an A. The the premise, the plot, just the idea. Of this it's it's an A. The execution though was about a D. For me. I think I can accept because that yeah. that plot hole that that just it's I can't stop. Mm. And the third act of this film, I want to give like a, a C minus to. So mm-hmm. overall, my final grade overall for this film is a B minus. Oh, that's good. That's good. It's about where I'm at with it. Okay. Um, I you know, I just but as far as creativity and originality, it was just oh, it's so, an A. It's an A. Idea. Oh, oh my yeah. god. 
It was like nothing you'd ever seen. No. So that 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 gives it the rewatch factor. And um, oh, I will say this: even though it's a B minus, if you're into horror movies at all and you haven't seen this, it's it's worth the watch. Oh, God, definitely yeah, watch yeah, it. Yeah. I, I I need a I need a sequel. I need a sequel. I'd watch a sequel or a prequel. I would watch. Yeah. I think we could make, make 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 this work. I mean, obviously he didn't die, and that's what I started to say at the beginning. But I heard, and he doesn't look like it. But the in the post where the credits are playing and mm-hmm. Psycho Killer, and um, he rises up or whatever the the was a doctor the coroner coroner. Yeah. yeah. I heard that was Kane Hunter. That does not look like Kane Hunter. The coroner. Yeah, it look like not at all. a little bit. So I think that was bullshit. I yeah, think that was I was misinformed. No. Okay, so yeah, I heard that Kane was that guy, and he was the only. And I did guy. watch that whole credit scene the first time through, and I knew I just knew he was going to pop up. Yeah, Kane's a bigger guy than that. And he did pop up at the end, and of course that, he did. doesn't really do anything for me. But that's but let you know that there could be a sequel. I guess so. And they didn't do it. Okay, so that was behind the mask, the Leslie Vernon story. Uh, let us know what you think about our review. The Rise of Leslie Vernon. The Rise of Leslie Vernon. I, I yeah. fuck the title of this movie up so much. <laughs> Every time, Beyond the Mask, Behind the Mask. It's not the Literally. best title for a film, though. It's, it's so long. long. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Like, just keep it simple, man. So, you know, when it's like... The trailers. Did you watch the trailers? I didn't watch the trailers. Oh, they, they had some good trailers. The yeah. trailer for Hatchet. So, these guys must have had something to do with Hatchet. Mm. Uh, was in there. It's probably they got A couple King. other cool... Probably they got King, man. Yeah, no, you're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. That makes Promote sense. my movie, and I'll be in your movie. Sure. <laughs> but um, they had some pretty cool trailers in it, so I thought that was cool. And um, but yeah, like the the the, the, the title of the movie is just kind of confusing. It, it would have been simpler if it was just I don't know behind the mask. Bam, done. But yeah, but I like I really liked it. I gave it. About a B minus. I'll go with uh, Ryan's score. Same really, way. I thought you liked no. it more than that because you're like it's one of my favorite horror movies. Well, it is, but I mean, like, I'm rating it as as a as a film. I okay, guess. okay. You know, like we, like we talked about the thing. The thing is a great fucking movie. Yeah, it's not a great horror movie. It's, it's a, great a great fucking movie. Right. It's like that's the same thing and, I say to people when the good and bad and the ugly isn't just a great and, western. And, it's one of the best movies ever made. And, absolutely. And Friday the Thirteenth is one of my favorite things in the world. Mm-hmm. But I'm not confusing any of those movies with great movies. Uh, a couple of them. The first one is a great movie. After that, they're they're great horror movies. Sure. And I love them. <laughs> I watch them a million times. But um, this, some of the, the some of the filmmaking process in some of those is fantastic. Yeah. though, and stacks up to major motion pictures. Absolutely. We'll save that for the deep dives on those. There you go. So, um, again, soon we're gonna do the thing. Uh, we got to review Victim No More. I think it's for next week. Uh, Friday Thirteenth fan film. Yep. I'm getting uh, Bob Heckman on to do his interview finally. He had, I think he had COVID last oh, week. He couldn't sucks. do it. He was definitely really sick. So he's so doing better? You're... He's doing better. Okay, and we're going to talk to him on Tuesday. And um, that's it for this week because we're running out of time on this uh, segment of the pod anyway. So that's it. And we'll talk to you later. And we'll get this up probably tonight's Saturday night. We'll probably get it tonight Saturday night sometime. And that's it. There goes the neighborhood. There it is.